welcome to another episode of Everyday Nutrition. I'm your host, Dr. Karina Tobin. And in this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by the amazing Ashling O'Kelly. Hi, Ashling. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on today. So as well as being an Instagram queen, can you give our listeners a little bit of background on yourself? Yeah, of course. So my um, business name is AOK Nutrition. And what I do is I am a nutritional therapist. I'm a naturopath. I own a clinic in Port Marnock in Dublin alongside my mum, who's also a herbalist. Um, I'm actually a herbalist in training as well at the moment. So fingers crossed, August 2022. And basically, we see all different kind of, you know, symptoms in the clinic and different illnesses in the clinic. But my kind of area of passion over the last couple of years has been focusing more so on female hormones, on women's health and that's kind of what my Instagram will be about as well. Amazing. And I think that's why, you know, I'm really interested to have a, a good natural with you is because, you know, it's obviously so topical at the moment, female health. And, you know, to get straight into it, I suppose, can we, I suppose a great place to start would be to discuss um, what happens, you know, during the cycle to a uh, female's hormones. Yeah, of course. So I think the the biggest take home message I'm always trying to give to my clients and people on Instagram is it's nothing really about your period. Your period is like the full stop at the end of the sentence. And the sentence is your hormones and ovulation. So, you know, your period is only a tiny little part of it. Really, we're looking at the the other half, the two halves of the cycle. So let's say you have a 28 day cycle. Those first two weeks is your estrogen phase, let's call it. And your estrogen phase is your real like get up and go kind of phase. So really good for things like your energy, your sex drive. Like I would say, if you're going to sprinkle in the wardrobes, it's always this kind of first half of your cycle. And um, I, I, thought, you gonna, I thought you were going to say there, you want to have a big sex orgy. Have it in the well, that too. That yeah, too. I wasn't thinking of sprinkling my wardrobe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want to have a big sex orgy, do that in the first two weeks of your cycle. But it is that real kind of get up and go. You're going to have a bit more pep in your step when you have your estrogen phase. And the thing I always remember kind of say about estrogen is remember it makes things grow. So estrogen is when your period grows. And if you have too much estrogen, that's when we see things like the sore boobs, your boobs getting bigger before your period or the heavy period and clotting. That can be excess estrogen. I'm sure we're going to talk about today. So once you ovulate around day 14, if you have a regular cycle, um, a regular 28 day cycle, sorry, I should say, then you make progesterone. And progesterone, first of all, works the opposite to estrogen in, in the thermos. It kind of makes you more relaxed. You're kind of more inward this phase of your cycle. Very good at kind of multitasking. I call it real like mother nature hormone where like you're up the walls, but like really have your shit together. If I can say that, you know, you're just kind of really good at staying on top of things. That's only if we have enough though. So when we're lacking in progesterone, that kind of causes all the different symptoms of PMT. Progesterone is also a natural painkiller. So it's very important for kind of that cramping around your period which is normal but progesterone should help that and also it pins your period so it does it makes it not too heavy basically so that's in a real nutshell the two halves of your cycle and obviously it affects everything from your mood your energy your sex drive and that's why it's so important to be making your own hormones no that's brilliant I think you've kind of explained it brilliantly and I think you know from an early age we really are just focused on our periods aren't we that's all we think about those yeah. couple of days when in actual fact we should be thinking about the whole picture yeah um, yeah so how does then our nutrition affect that entire picture you know or what are we doing that I suppose you know makes it worse and again I am focused on PMT and period but again you know look at the whole picture 
what should we be focusing on? I think if women understood why something goes wrong, it's very easy to stay on top of things. And basically it's lack of progesterone in that second half of your cycle that causes your PMT. And PMT is a huge range of symptoms. For some women, it's breakouts, someone gets headaches, others get really bad anxiety, crying at ads on the TV, like not sleeping. It's, it's really, really broad. But the common denominator is always low estrogen levels or low, sorry, low progesterone levels. And the number one reason why progesterone is low is generally stress related that our body basically is up the walls, we're really stressed and our body will steal our progesterone in order to make our, our stress hormones. That's basically what it does. So kind of the real basics first, like looking at your diet and making sure that you're not letting your blood sugars drop throughout the day. Now I call this being hangry. I'm sure people listening and even you yourself have been hangry. And what happens there is you haven't eaten enough or you're, you're focusing on too much sugar, let's say in your diet and your blood sugars are crashing quite quickly and you're releasing stress hormones. That feeling of coming into the kitchen and eating a biscuit, making lunch, you know, that feeling because you're just starving. Yeah. So that's the kind of first thing I was looking at, getting into kind of good kind of nutrition habits and kind of eat little and often making sure then next thing is protein with your meals as well. So protein kind of keeps you full and stops those blood sugar crashes. Um, that you're not snacking again during the day. So that's the kind of first half, that's the progesterone side is what can we do to manage stress as much as we can? That's a real practical solution. Then on the other side, the estrogen phase, another reason why progesterone is low is that estrogen is too high in comparison. And this is what we kind of get more in nitty gritty into foods and into nutrition, into diet, because certain foods can increase estrogen, right? So I would look at excess cow's milk in the diet now I'm not I don't take people off cow's milk at all I just look at how much is coming in and I say look you know cow's milk lights a fire for example in the body in certain people and this fire can increase estrogen production and some people are having cups of tea every two hours so if you can imagine that analogy you're putting coals in the fire every two hours so we look at you know your cow's milk consumption things like poor quality animal protein you know that can increase hormones then things like environmental hormones called xenoestrogens that come from our fake tans and our body butters and our plastic and your, you know, um, your cosmetics, things like uh, as well, perfumes and your Yankee candles. So it's just about looking at your, your toxic load as well and kind of min- minimizing that um, from, from your diet. And then lastly, gut health. So like, I know I'm kind of rambling on here, but I would cover this in an hour consultation. So it's hard to kind of put into 10, 10 second of a you know question <laughs> I know I know and I saw a really interesting post you did recently about you know excess estrogen and craft butchers you know that everyone yes. now is rushing to the craft butchers when in actual fact we're so lucky in Ireland that we have this amazing mm. meat that is free of hormones yeah. yeah really really important so we should really be skipping the craft butchers because the meat is not from Ireland some of the meat is from not from Ireland. It depends. This is the thing. Yeah, like I remember even when I first started buying my own meat, like walking by Super Value and going to the craft butchers thinking, oh, this is better. And I was buying the protein packs, you know, 10 chicken fillets for a tenner. And then it was only, then I was like, well, where are these from? They could be from Holland or Germany or somewhere like that. And Ireland, like you said, we've quite strict red legislation, no hormones in Irish meat. Once it's imported though, usually, you know, there's, it's not as strict. So um the best thing to do, look for the board B, the quality assured sticker on your meat. That will make sure it's, it's Irish. And if I am in a craft butcher's, I'll walk up to the counter and say, can I get the Irish chicken fillets if it's not on the packaging? So that's a really basic thing that you can do. And basically mm-hmm. think about what your boobs are like before you get your period, right? So they might be sore. I would say like running down the stairs holding your boobs, <laughs> you know, this kind of feeling. That's excess estrogen that does that. So imagine what happens to a little chicken if I give it synthetic estrogen. It's obviously going to make its breast bigger. And then it comes into our body and it affects our own hormones. And 
it's not the good estrogen that kind of increases your sex drive and gives you loads of energy. It's estrogen that makes your periods heavy and makes clots and gives you cramps, you know, so it's making sure we have that balance right. And because you touched on, you know, body butters and tan and candles, um, and you are a big advocate of tan, um, then I assume that we should be looking for more natural alternatives. Yeah, 100%. I think people listening, you don't have to go home and bin everything in your house. You can slowly start reintroducing different things. So like I think things that stay in your skin is a really good place to start. So your deodorants, your tan, if you wear tan, your moisturizer that you're using every day, like a cleanser that you're using to take your makeup off and go in the sink in 10 seconds isn't as urgent, I would say. But definitely looking at your deodorants and the words you're looking for is like organic even can be a little bit you know a bit of a gray area because organic doesn't mean that there's no chemicals in it It just means those chemicals might be organic ingredients you know they're organic chemicals (laughs) but things like paraben free phthalate free sulfate free they're the words that you're really looking for Hmm. too much information here now sharing but um I went all natural when I was trying to get pregnant um but I cannot do natural deodorant too sweaty really you haven't found when honestly the wild have you heard seen the people talk about that on instagram no. that's actually really really good okay, i'm saying good. i've spent a small fortune on natural deodorants trying to find when that works and the wild is actually brilliant you need to give yourself at least three weeks oh amazing okay yes but you have to that's anyone listening don't don't use it after a couple days I'm like this is crap i'm not using it you have to just do it for three weeks maybe a bit smelly for three weeks and then normally your body will actually start to adjust to it after about three weeks perfect so for people who have PMS, PMT, um, mm-hmm. what are, you know, I suppose what besides, you know, why do they have PMT besides the estrogen? Is there nutritional deficiencies um, that contribute to it also? Or are there not nutritional deficiencies, but focusing on certain types of food will help them to get through this period? Yeah. So again, PMS, PMT, the same thing. It just depends on kind of what you call it. Yeah. Um, it's that lack of progesterone in the second half of your cycle. So again, you need to address, well, am I very stressed? Is this why progesterone is low or um, is it excess estrogen? If it is stress, generally then supplement wise and, you know, nutrient wise from food, you're looking at things like your B vitamins. So your B vitamins are for energy, anxiety, mood, PMT. And the kind of catch 22 here for some mental reason is the more stressed we are, the more our body actually excretes our B vitamins. So that real jittery, anxious feeling sometimes can be, you know, no B vitamins. And a very good example of this is when people are run down or very stressed, they get mouth ulcers. So mouth ulcers are connected with lack of B vitamins. And um, magnesium is also a really, really important mineral for, again, calming the nervous system and calming everything. So people might have heard of magnesium for muscle soreness after working out. It kind of helps relax the muscles. You know, it helps with constipation because it relaxes the digestive muscles. And it's also really good for cramps and heavy periods and PMT because it makes you feel calmer. And if you're calmer, your body's not stealing as much as progesterone there in the second half of your cycle. So, you know, sometimes supplements are great to add in, especially like someone like yourself, working two kids like trying to stay on top of things you could really be trying to you know doing the best with your diet and you get b vitamins from raw food and you get them from whole grains and you get your magnesium from like your leafy greens you could be eating those by a bucket load but if you're still stressed and your body's your your life is still very busy sometimes supplements are needed to kind of slot in there and i'm like thank god we have supplements in these circumstances um on the other side then looking at estrogen a massive massive thing that we focus on with estrogen metabolism is gut health so 
this is obviously we could do a whole podcast on this on, on its own but certain things for gut health like I kind of briefly mentioned magnesium if you're constipated you will never ever have healthy hormones that's just the bottom line because the way you get rid of hormones is you poo them out so I guarantee anyone listening here suffering with heavy periods I bet you those people have have constipation you have gut issues so oftentimes maybe a probiotic supplement in there or something to support digestion like magnesium and um, some support the liver and I don't mean like liver detox be careful of people who, who you know go on about detox supplements but there is herbs you can use like dandelion or milk thistle you know if you're seeing someone under guidance it's really good to support detoxification process obviously you know you know as well as I do it's not just yeah detox and yeah yeah have to make that clear <laughs> yeah no absolutely we're not saying detoxing we're just saying no. there's lots of great herbs out there that can support it when you're yeah. doing all the other right things exactly yeah so we are talking now about people who are having a natural menstrual cycle. We're not mm-hmm. talking about people who are taking any type of contraception because mm-hmm. that's a little bit different. Um, and I suppose the majority of females between the ages of, we'll say, you know, late teens to late thirties, even um, yeah. they either have been on contraception for a long period of time or they're on contraception. And that means a totally different thing for your menstrual cycle. So can you kind of talk a little bit about that for our listeners? Yeah, of course. So I explained a few minutes ago, the estrogen phase, progesterone phase, one, you know, once you're feeling great, you're horny in the first half of your cycle. So basically when you're on natural or or hormonal contraceptives, all of that is switched off. None of that happens. That it completely turns off our hormones. You don't ovulate, which means you don't make your own hormones. And this is something that really has just hit home for me in the last couple of years because I've seen so many women struggle and not realize the impact that contraceptives have. So I see some girls early 20s and they think they've no sex drive or they don't get like, you know, it's maybe going too much detail, but they don't get arousal or, you know, that that some contraceptive can actually increase uh, vaginal dryness. So imagine being in the early 20s and feeling like, oh my God, there's something wrong with me and not realizing it could be from a contraceptive. Anxiety can very much link to it as well because the contraceptives deplete B vitamins, which I've just mentioned how important they are for stress. And um, it impacts your gut health. So I often see clients, you know, linked with digestive issues. So this is not the problems probably extreme where, but I think it's so important for awareness that if you're on a contraceptive, you know, okay, this is my choice. And these are all the side effects that could possibly come up. So you're in control of it. And, you know, you're, you, you think, oh, maybe that low sex drive is from the pills, not just me. And it just kind of think makes it a lot more manageable for clients or for women. Yeah. And I think it's really important for people to understand that you're not, you know, your hormones are, I suppose they're not normal. So you're not producing estrogen. You're not producing progesterone like you should be. And there are negative side effects that go along with this because you are really on synthetic hormones, which obviously we're not telling anyone to come off the the pill um, or -hmm. contraception. However, as you said, people need to be aware. Um, And I think they also need to be aware that when you're on contraception, there are a lot of nutritional deficiencies around that. Mm -hmm. So again, I suppose I'm throwing the question back to you around that. Like when you are on the pill or any type of contraception, what are the nutrients that you should be more aware of getting into your diet, but perhaps also supplementing with? Yeah, I think that this should be like, without, without a doubt, what should happen in doctor surgery? Here's the pill, 
this is what the pill depletes, you can get them from these foods or you need to take these supplements. It would just make so much sense that that's the way it should be. Um, the major ones are B vitamins, like I've mentioned, that's again, stress, anxiety, mood, energy. Zinc is an absolutely essential mineral as well that gets depleted when you're on the pill. And, you know, a lot of people come off the pill to get pregnant and zinc is really important for your egg quality. So like you come off the pill, your eggs might not be that healthy then when you're trying to get pregnant or really common thing that I would see with clients is post pill acne and certain pills might cause a post pill angina surge about six months after coming off it. And zinc is one of the key minerals here for lowering androgens and for supporting skin health. So it's like as if I can say to clients, this volcano erupts, your skin is in bits and your body's looking at you being like, Ashing, I really want to help you here, but I have no zinc left. What do you want me to do? And then from a less kind of, you know, skin, I think everyone will hone in when I'm talking about skin there, but zinc also makes up your white blood cells. And when we talk about immune function, I think vitamin C gets the spotlight a lot. <laughs> but what I say to clients is like your, your white blood cells are thing holding the shield and your shield is your vitamin C. So you need both of those things. You need your vitamin C and you have to have zinc there to support your immune health. So I think zinc is absolutely essential if anyone is on a contraceptive. Um, and then lastly, then a probiotic or something to support gut health. You know, you could take things like fermented food. I think Irish people are not very good at having fermented food. Um, I actually made, I did a, a, a blend, not blend, a, a bundle on my website called the pill pack. And that's just a cheap B-complex, a zinc and a probiotic. And like, this is something that I'm like, you don't get it from us. Like I say to any women, go into a health shop and get good quality supplements. Like I don't, you know, don't expect people to buy everything from us, but I did make that to be like anyone on the pill should be supplementing with these things every single day. Fantastic. Um, and I think as well, I like, I'm kind of backtracking here a little bit as well. When you're not, on, when you're on the contraceptive pill um, or any hormone, like any contraception, really. I don't know why I keep saying contraceptive pill, but um, when you're on it, I think it's really important for people to understand when they're not producing their own hormones, that there's huge knock on effects then on things like bone health, because obviously your estrogen is so important for mm -hmm. allowing your bones to build properly because you're switching on those bone cells. Mm -hmm. So again, I think it's one of those things that people should be aware of because I don't actually think people are aware of it. And now I think seeing people, you know, with stress fractures at such an early age and even people with, you know, osteopenia and osteoporosis. Um, and again, making people aware that when you are on a contraception, this, this is not, I suppose, this could be exacerbating a problem, particularly if it's if it's in your family. 100%. And I think the pill is given as, I'm going to put in inverted commas, no one can see me obviously, but like a treatment. So I have clients go to me, oh, I used to have really bad periods and then the pill fixed them. Or like, oh, I had irregular cycles, but they've been fine for the last 10 years. And they don't realize, people don't realize that the bleed you get on the pill is not a real period. It's just a pill bleed. It's a withdrawal bleed from stopping those synthetic hormones for those couple of days. And it's a synthetic estrogen in the pill that causes you the uterine lining to thicken. I mentioned earlier that estrogen makes things grow, that grows your period naturally. The synthetic estrogen also grows this fake period, basically. So I think it's important for people to realize that it's not what it can do in terms of masking things like that. Is it disrupting your bone health? Is it disrupting your gut health? And also understanding that it's it generally doesn't fix hormonal issues it's just kind of putting a plaster on it for and that should that's fine I think I see some girls who were fainting in school when they were 17 and I'm like thank god we had the pills for them because what, what else would they do you know the way but women need to understand that chances are they're gonna have to address the issue sometime yeah I, I think that's 
that's a brilliant point. Like I'm the same. I know people who had really bad, like heavy periods and they went on the pill and it really changed their life. And I think when you're young, people would, you know, girls would rather, I mean, you know, they would rather deal with the side effects of nutritional deficiencies, you know, maybe putting, putting up with constipation and dealing with kind of, you know, sorting out their hormonal imbalances when they get into their thirties. I think when people get into their thirties, they kind of start thinking about, okay, oh my God, I've been on the pill for 10 years. I, I'm, you know, I think I'm going to want to have a baby, yeah. et cetera. And they start to get <laughs> yeah. fertility. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's a bit of a panic, whereas up to that, look, not having a baby is the priority. So, you know. Yeah. And having a good time. I mean, like, you know, 24 year olds like Ashley and Karina are probably out three nights a week in college. And you know what I mean? Like your, your health, you feel amazing when you're young in general. Like you don't, you, it doesn't take as long to recover. So when you get older, you kind of are being like, oh, actually, I should probably start looking into this. Like, you know, like, so yeah, no, you're dead right. And yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so for all those 30 year olds, I wish I was back there like you, Ashley. Um, for all those 30 year olds who may be thinking about okay should I come off the pill and then if I do come off the pill like what should I be looking out for what are the watch outs what if I don't get my period you know talk to us a little bit about that yes so first thing I would say come off the pill no it's no it's good the come off the pill and give your body at least three months I think as well we live in this world everything is so instant like if something you know we're like I haven't got my period it's been a month especially if you're used to seeing blood every month for 10 years you know not seeing it then you're kind of like what's going on here and I say to clients you've told your body not to ovulate for whatever 10 years you need to give it a bit of a break so minimum three months and then I would actually recommend clients go and get bloods done and bloods are such an amazing way to to figure out why you're not ovulating I think again the focus is on the period <gasps> I missed my period this month no you didn't ovulate this month that's what that means and that's more important so there had there'll always be a reason on a blood test and I feel like a lot of women are quite dismissed for this you know especially if you're younger that you'll go in and they have no period and the doctor say sure you don't have baby what's what's you know why is that a problem but you know we're, we're losing going back to basics what our hormones are for it's not just for making babies so go and get a blood test done. You can get all your hormones checked. It will, something will come up. I can say to clients, if you're told it's normal and you haven't got a period, either the wrong thing was checked or that you maybe your GP is not aware of the optimal levels for hormones. Then in terms of what to look out for, I suppose, um, I know this might be very graphic, but I was, I was get my clients to watch their cervical mucus. So someone on the pill, their discharge doesn't change because you use a steady state of hormones the whole time. But, you know, when you're off the pill, your cervical mucus changes just after your period. It's kind of clear. It's real sticky, jelly-like. And you'll see this fertile mucus. I always say to clients, think of like raw egg whites. And when you see this fertile mucus, it means you're going to ovulate in around 24 hours. So that's a really good indication of ovulation. I've all my clients I got the egg white mucus you know this way my favorite emails to get so that's something just to keep an eye on if you're coming off the pill and you're kind of waiting for your period that once you see that fertile mucus you will get a period two weeks later give or take um and then it's kind of just a waiting game I guess like can I just you know I think it's really important to understand your hormones I actually have a seminar called breaking up a birth control and this is literally what I try to do try and compile everything in one seminar because I had clients come to me saying I have no health issues I'm just terrified to come off the pill so I think if you understand what can go wrong and, and how your hormones work, so I explain the estrogen, the progesterone, the stress, the excess dairy, excitement, all those different things, them, you can start working on that now. That like it's very much about being cliche, a lifestyle change. Like when I see clients, I'm like, this is not a 12-week transformation program. We don't want after pictures in a few weeks. 
be keeping the wine, be keeping the takeaways, be keeping the coffee, because you have to keep it up long term. So I think education is probably one of the biggest things for clients coming off the pill as well. Yeah. And I think, as you said, you know, it's about a lifestyle change. So even though this is a lifestyle change to help to ensure that your hormones are happy and you're happy in turn, um, it's also going to help you in other areas of your life. Because if you have these healthy habits, better nutrition, um, every day, well, then you're probably going to be a little bit healthier in kind of every aspect of your life. Definitely, 100%. Your hormones shape everything. It's not just like, like everything from your appetite to your energy levels to your sex drive to like it really does affect an overall thing. So if you have better hormones, the rest of your life definitely will run better as well. And what about natural contraception? So I think about contraception drives me mad. I'm like, all the options we have, like most of them are actually crap. Like, you know what I mean? You think by now we come up with something better. So when we're talking about natural contraception, it just means that you're not switching off ovulation. So the two major ones would be the copper coil. Well, three ones, I suppose. Copper coil works by literally the copper rod in your cervix and your body's number one freak. It's not going to let any implantation occur there. But more so it kills sperm. So sperm doesn't get very far, right? So that's one. And you still get a period on it. You still ovulate every single month. Um, then you obviously can use condoms and kind of people can track their cycle. This is very, very scary for women who've been on the pill for years and then they're coming off it being like, what do you mean track my cycle when this is kind of warped that women don't understand you can only get pregnant for five days, maybe six days of the whole month. When I learned this, I was like, why is this not drilled into us when we are teenagers? Like, you can only, it's very, it's actually really hard to get pregnant. You just have to know your date. So a lot of people track their cycle that way, either looking at cervical mucus or um, I've talked about an, an, an app and a thermometer called Natural Cycles, which is FDA approved. It's gone through clinical testing. It's not just like some people are like to me, oh, like my, my app flow told me I'm ovulating in three days. I'm like, that app doesn't know. That's just guessing. <laughs> Whereas what Natural Cycle does is it works off your body temperature. It's a gorgeous app to go along with it. You take your basal, the basal thermometer, take your body temperature every single morning. And what happens is your temperature goes up after you ovulate. So you can get this app and decide, well, I want to plan a pregnancy or I want to prevent a pregnancy. And it's, it's once you do it right, so you have to just trust your body, you think, and trust the science. Um, but I think that's a really good alternative for women. More so, I think, if you're in kind of a long-term relationship. I don't know if that would have suited me back in my early 20s. You know, that that kind of thing. And even being out, so it, the results get skewered if you've been drinking. So I think if you're someone going out three or four nights a week back in the day, you know, it yeah. might not be suitable for them. But definitely older, definitely. And I think the important thing there is to track your cycle. I think regardless of what age you are, you really should understand your cycle a bit better. You know, you should really start, you know, start by understanding, you know, the first bit of your cycle, which is the follicular phase, what does ovulation mean? You're producing an egg and then understanding kind of, you know, when you're coming up to, to your actual period or your bleed. And I think as well, when we understand that we can give our, we can be a little bit more compassionate with ourselves. Um, even with regards to like, you know, the exercise you're doing, like obviously in the first half, as you said, you've more energy so you can climb a mountain or have the sex orgy. Whereas like you yeah. know, have a little bit of a break then when you're coming into your period and understanding that. Um, so I'm going to kind of wrap it up, Ashley, although I could obviously chat to you for days. Yeah, we could chat for hours. <laughs> I know. So if there was kind of, you know, two or three practical points that you would like to give listeners from what we've discussed, what would it be? Um, number one, focus on gut health. If your digestion is good, that will help in itself get rid of hormones. So it doesn't have to be fancy probiotics. The basic way to um, function or support gut health is by eating a variety of fruit and veg. Sounds so 
basic and so unsexy and so but this is it though like every single I say like color is a different nutrient so wide variety of fruit and veg is really really important um secondly this is one I actually even touched on but your leafy greens are absolutely essential I describe these as the bus that comes along and picks up your hormones so it's things like your kale your rocket your broccoli your cabbage your brussels sprouts these are essential for hormone health whether you have heavy periods acne pcos anything that's kind of excess hormones in the body this is what you need is your leafy greens and then the other thing is fiber or kind of more honing even more is your plant-based protein so i think in ireland we're not very good eating our chickpeas and our hummus and like no one was brought up eating those brought up eating like our irish mommy dinners you know me fresh and potatoes so these plant-based proteins or these phytoestrogens what they're called are so good for helping to balance out your hormones as well so getting more kind of you know, plant-based proteins in, getting your leafy greens and um, supporting gut health is my three top tips. And then if I put in four, focus on stress, whatever that is for you, whether it's a glass of wine, maybe not every night, because that affects hormones, but you know, whatever helps you unwind, that will kind of keep your progesterone in your tank then as well, which will obviously help your hormones. Yeah. They're brilliant. They're fantastic tips. And I know that all of those tips are real knowledge-based and we know from working with clients that sometimes knowledge doesn't mean that the client is actually going to do it or convert Mm -hmm. it into intention so what's the one thing then that would help people actually I suppose make it a habit or easily kind of factor it into their day in terms of how people keep it up is that what you mean yeah or even like what's the easiest way to get your greens in I think smoothies are a really good option. And what I do myself is I do my shop, come home, and I chop everything up and I put them in individual little freezer bags and I freeze them. So it just means I have smoothie bags there ready to go. And I think the big thing here is I, I don't want my clients having smoothies every day because that's not practical. You won't be able to keep that up. So look at if you understand, okay, for example, your greens are like the bus that comes along and picks up your hormones. If the last time you had leafy greens was Sunday with dinner and now it's Wednesday, your bus hasn't been in three days. So it's just about kind of understanding that and say, well, I'm just kind of a little bit of rocket now at my wrap at lunchtime. I'll have, you know, maybe um, extra broccoli now at my dinner. I think understanding it and staying on top of it. Um, and you don't need, like people say, oh, like I only like a little bit of spinach in my, my sandwich or whatever. And I'm like, that's better than nothing. So understanding it's not an all or nothing approach with hormones. It's all these small little, I think like 1% changes to every meal will really add up at the end of a week and definitely at the end of the month amazing little changes yeah Yeah, I love all your analogies they're absolutely (laughs) Ashley thank you so much if no problem information from you where can they find you they'll get me over on Instagram on AOK Nutrition fabulous thank you so much no problem thank you for having me on I hope you enjoyed this episode of Everyday Nutrition please hit subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast app And please join me on the next episode soon.